Episode 7 is sponsored by Moonshot, a museum franchise dedicated to humanity's earliest attempts to run paintballing competitions on the moon. It's almost exactly not at all like being in the real military, but you can certainly tell your friends it is. On St. Jackson, Series 2, Episode 7, Shadow. Long ago, far back when humans still thought digital technology was a pretty neat idea, there was an ego-driven need to name parts of the universe after yourself. Or if you were cool, someone famous. For a long time, craters, landmarks, minor planets, in fact, anything you could nail a stick to would get a name. Darwin, Ang Lee, Tyson, Bullock, Jimi Hendrix, Curie, David Lynch, Randy, Hawking, Shakespeare, Morgan Freeman, Schrodinger, Anna Freud, Martin Luther, Anne Frank, Aldrin, Chuck Berry, Cleopatra, Evita, Hamill. There was a piece of something in the nearby universe designated after someone. Unfortunately, colonization had ruined all of that. The big commercial companies had no interest in paying to retain something the celebrity hadn't paid for. So as planet building started, most areas were named after whichever company paid the most for product placement. You could be living in quarters that were covered in suggestions of you needing a particular soft drink or chocolate bar. If you had more money, it was perfume and so-called designer clothing. It was all the same consumable rubbish, just the better you could bottle it, the more the idiots would pay for it. As the years rolled on and companies moved away to make money elsewhere, some residents had taken to bringing back the old names. After all, it sounded far better to live at Olympus Mons, Alba Mons, or Elysium Mons than a rather small and definitely getting smaller chocolate bar. And if you were lucky, you could live in cool-sounding places like Cerberus Plains or Europa, much better than a massively overpriced can of carbonated sugar water that even those who made the product swore they would never consume. That should have been enough to kill the product, but... As has been established, people are idiots. Monsoon finished his can of liquid sugar. Brand names seemed pointless to him when it was the same product. To be fair, it had been a while since he tried one, but with his life seemingly being in limited supply, he felt he could take a few risks. He polished off the edible container and wiped his hands on a designer jacket that was annoying him. He'd taken to wandering around a luxury store, partly to keep the number of people around him to a minimum, but mainly to annoy the staff who knew he had no intention of buying anything. Because, well, because he didn't look the type. Much as humans had evolved, they still couldn't help but make snap decisions about people and put a worth, a value, on them. 
It was why there was still violence in a society that was living inside a dome bolted to a planet without its own natural oxygen supply. What could possibly go wrong? The sirens went off. The raucous do-not-ignore sirens. Then the secondary klaxons went off. The much louder and impossible-to-ignore klaxons. They were only used for one purpose these days, to announce a breach in the dome's integrity, everyone's nightmare that, despite whatever you tried to reassure yourself with, was always simmering just under the surface, every day you spent alive on the planet. While the emergency services ran towards the damaged zone, everyone else ran away. While there was nowhere to actually run away to, it just felt like the right thing to do. For those who had spacecraft, they would hold up in there and see what happened. For the rest, it would be hugging those you loved, whether or not that was the person you spent your life with, and hoping someone else could sort it out. In fact, only one person was neither running towards or away. Monsoon waited for the herds to die down, and then walked casually out of the shop. He looked round until he spotted a discreetly opened service door. A grubby mech arm was beckoning him. He smiled and moved towards it. Somehow, he'd been waiting for this moment, though he was not entirely sure why. He stepped inside. The door shut fast and locked. As it did, the klaxon and sirens all stopped. That was some misdirection. Engineer Carla smiled and pointed towards a tunnel. You need to see the record keeper. Or more accurately, he needs to see you. Why? What difference would me giving you an answer make? Do you get off on being mysterious? Carla smiled. It was a gentle, kind smile. Something that Monsoon was not used to, and it made him feel both relaxed and worried at the same time. He really did have trust issues. On that day, that day where I thought I was going to die, in that moment where the knife plunged into my face, I vowed, if I lived, I'd be the best I could be. I would do right for those who deserved my time. You saved me, Monsoon, and it's not that I am indebted. You didn't know then, you were just doing your job. But your world has fallen. And for the little I can do to keep you alive, I will do that. I know you ask yourself, what purpose would this serve? You fear I work for Elijah, perhaps. Do I owe her a debt? Is this a form of torture keeping you alive? Maybe. But you didn't have to come to the door. You chose that. So, somewhere, deep down, you instinctively trust me. And given your options, maybe instinct is something you should pay attention to. Monsoon smiled. Elijah, my ex, I mean, we didn't discuss it, but I'm pretty sure killing her mother was enough of a reason to end things. Carla smiled back at him. Go see the record keeper. There's information you do well to hear. They shook mech arms for longer than was necessary, while Carla admired the upgraded arm Monsoon had taken on. 
I see you've really taken to augmentation then. With pause, Carla took out her augmented eye as far as the cabling would allow it to fall. I can see so much with this eye. Cameras, info feeds, message streams. It keeps me informed. Carla slapped the eye back in place and handed Monsoon a pair of sunglasses. For emergencies only. She patted them and pushed them gently into Monsoon's inside pocket. Now go. The record keeper will not wait forever. He has enemies. Like you, Monsoon. With that, Carla stood up and walked away. Monsoon wanted to say something. Something meaningful, poignant, thoughtful. But, well, it wasn't him. Instead, he just nodded and made off down the tunnel. For the first time in a long time, his instinct did not tell him to be armed. That was surely a good sign. The tunnel was long, but clean and well lit. It felt like a tunnel that had never been used for anything domestic, which was how Monsoon wanted to leave that thought. After a short walk, he came out into a large open space. It was opulently decorated with a huge array of art and objects which Monsoon immediately noted were stolen. He recognized a lot of them from briefings back in his days on the Solar Force. This was the proper expensive stuff as well. Items that had been of value back on Earth. From canvas covered in paints to clay made into shapes. Someone, because no one really understood who made this decision, had decided it was worth a fortune. It was to be coveted, but only to those with the deepest pockets. Naturally, a fair amount of this junk had been lost during transit and, no doubt, sold on. But not this collection. These were only the finest examples of clay and paint put together in a pleasing way. I see you recognize most of my collection then. Monsoon spun round. A well-groomed man was walking towards him. Something caught Monsoon's attention. There were some books, lovingly placed on their own shelf. They had titles such as Linear Hymns, The Fearsome Beastie, and 152 Days. He leant over to feel them. Monsoon had heard of books, but rarely seen a real one. They were a treat to be treasured. For as much as wiring and batteries were seen as the answer to everything, books just looked right. Special. They had history. Something no amount of clever technology could ever give you. They're precious to me. Monsoon pulled his hand back. There was something in the man's gentle tone that made him comply. He looked up at this white-haired yet youthful figure who smiled kindly upon him. Despite Monsoon's natural instinct to distrust everyone and consider shooting them as the opening conversation, there was something about this man that exuded a gentleness. I assume you're the record keeper. Of a kind. Shame. Just as Monsoon had considered not shooting him, he was going to be all mysterious. He did not have time for this. Maybe a shot in the leg or arm would help accelerate the conversation to the useful part. As if sensing a shift in mood, the man sat down and clapped his hands together. 
As he pulled them apart, a number of virtual images began playing, circling around the man like paddle wheels. Each image was from monsoons, unfortunately all too public life. From the explosion at Tor's Towers to his trial and subsequent imprisonment. Right, so you have my news footage. Is that supposed to impress? Your ability to copy digital shows? The man shut and pulled his hands apart again. As he did, the images changed to events within prison. Video images that should not have been available. It wasn't the monsoon cared about copyright. More some of the angles made it look like he was to blame for beating the other inmate into unconsciousness. He hadn't started it. Or, well, actually he may have started that one. But not all of them. That was the important fact that needed to be understood. So, a guard sold you my media files? What have you got next, a card trick? He smiled back at Monsoon. It appeared that he was hard to rile, and that annoyed Monsoon. Upsetting people was usually the quickest way to learn what you wanted to know. Or at least cut out all those unnecessary pleasantries that no one likes, but pretend are necessary for a polite society. This normally being the same society that still had issues with race and gender, or to be more accurate, an issue with not being white and male. But as long as you were civil, apparently it was acceptable to hate based on nothing more than being different. You misunderstand me, Abaddon. That stopped Monsoon dead in his thought process. No one knew his middle name. Well, not no one, but it was a closely guarded secret. Partly because Monsoon did not play well with others, but mainly because it was too close for comfort. I see I have your attention. So before you get lost in your own thoughts again, let me explain. He closed his hands and the images stopped. Then he threw one hand up into the air, and a number of solar force reports virtually appeared around the room. These were, of course, strictly confidential, and so naturally were sold for good money to those who needed to know. These reports were from Monsoon's time in the Solar Force and a record of his approach to law enforcement. This meant a lot of the records had settlement figures for medical costs and mental suffering, but more importantly, they had a common theme running through them, albeit a common theme only Monsoon was aware of. Have any of them figured out they're still being tracked? Monsoon was really not enjoying this. He should have been impressed with the earlier videos and not pushed his buttons. He was about to comment when the record keeper continued. Oh yes, Monsoon. There are some of us who keep an eye on what's happening. I mean, that's really happening. Behind all the media churn, anger distraction and attitude outrage, that's why I wanted to see you. I am offering to help for what you did to save my daughter, Carla. Monsoon's mouth opened, then closed. The whole point of his escape from prison had just been to track down Elijah and do whatever had to be done. Stopping for an existential conversation with a doting father was definitely not on the to-do list. Hand it over, Monsoon. Monsoon shrugged. Hand over what? The record keeper sighed. Tracking device you have left. The one you wrapped in copper gauze when you have your precious legs fitted a year ago before Doug Free upgraded you to those. How the, the hell? I recommend 
you hand it over, it would be to your advantage to misdirect them. From you. The record keeper held out his hand and waited patiently. There were too many questions running through Monsoon's head, most of which were weighing up whether or not this situation warranted shooting. We don't have long, Monsoon. They will be closing in, and given the effort you've made so far, it'd be a shame to fall down now. While he wasn't sure why, he dug into his clothing and extracted a dirty copper gauze rag. I saved this, all the way through prison. Tell me more. Just as he said that, there was a commotion. It would seem he'd been found. Instinctively, for some reason, Monsoon threw the gauze over to the record keeper. In a fluid moment, he pulled the device out of the gauze and into a drone, which shot off at great speed down one of the connecting tunnels. Shadows and noise announced the arrival of people Monsoon definitely did not want to see. The record keeper pointed to a wall that, as he pointed, clicked open to reveal a concealed door. There wasn't time for any more questions. Monsoon ran for the door. As he pushed the door shut, he witnessed a red dot appearing on the record keeper's face. The record keeper noticed it as well, but simply smiled back in the direction of the light and nodded. A shot rang out. A flare from a hidden alcove which coincided with the door slamming shut. No need to go back and look. It was the cafe all over again. Monsoon was being tracked by an assassin. This was expensive stuff. It was clear Elijah remained extremely angry at him. While a bullet to the head is never recommended at marriage counseling sessions, it was unwise to rule it out as a progressive step toward conflict resolution. Monsoon left quickly, failing to hear a second long-range shot, this time towards the hidden alcove, causing a brief but powerful explosion. The tunnel took Monsoon back out into the shopping centre. He did his best to blend in and work his way out towards the exit. He'd been expecting people in smart suits to be swarming the place, ready to take him down. But perhaps that was his ego talking. After all, there was, far as he knew, only one person intent on his demise, and they were too stylish to use thugs. Not for this, anyway. Suddenly, the monotony of the advertising screen screeched to a halt to be replaced with a single image. Lisa, it can't be. And it wasn't. He looked closer. Oh, I see. I know you're there, Monsoon. So just listen. Everyone who's tried to help you has, tragically, found themselves dead. This is terrible. I strongly urge anyone else thinking about it to instead consider choosing life. It's a simpler choice after all. Haven't you killed enough people, Monsoon? Aren't you tired yet? Why not stop? This was unwelcome on so many levels. Massive screens bellowing his name had already attracted the attention of the nearby Solar Force patrols. But more importantly, this was Elijah putting herself out there. 
She only ever used to step forward once she decided to end the situation. The loud-mouthed homophobe at that party a few years ago had learnt that the hard way. While Elijah was slender and less roughly built than Monsoon, she fought mean once riled. It had taken Monsoon a lot of effort to drag Elijah away from the barely conscious body of someone who, while they may not change their ignorant opinion, would probably learn to keep it to themselves in future. Well, I'm sure this broadcast has not helped you in any way. The Solar Force must be racing towards here to arrest the escaped murderer Monsoon Jackson, the dangerous, evil, twisted criminal that he is. Several old pictures of Monsoon appeared on screen. Monsoon was relieved that at least it wasn't a live feed. Elijah smiled as her image faded, and the screens went back to broadcasting endless adverts for products you didn't need, for problems you didn't have. But they were lost on the screaming crowds now also trying to escape. Some people had spotted Monsoon and were unhelpfully pointing towards him, crying out for the authorities. Monsoon made his way to the back of the shopping center trying to find a way out. There had to be a maintenance store somewhere, surely. Things were getting desperate. Then things got worse. Monsoon recognized that outline. It was Detective Olaf Young, an annoyingly competent detective. Much like Monsoon, but with less instinct to ruin things with his ego, though only just. Monsoon gave up with subtlety and kicked the only available door open. The augmentations made light work of such things. Alarms rang out as Monsoon fled down the corridor. He kept running, aware that Detective Young did not appear to be moving. In fact, Young was lighting himself a fresh pipe while looking through the door. Something was wrong. People not chasing Monsoon was wrong. Why was he not making any effort? Too late, Monsoon noticed the door in front of him. It was a heavy security door, not one that was prone to open when kicked, even with augmented legs. Another door slid shut behind Monsoon. He was trapped. Only then did Detective Young make his way down the corridor. He stood by the door, the small window allowing him to study Monsoon as he paced around the room trying to find a way out, like a caged animal. He waited for Monsoon to stop pacing as he sucked on his pipe. Much as smoking was illegal, Young felt the pipe was a separate matter. Fortunately, his high arrest rate allowed this to be left alone rather than becoming a disciplinary matter. Success had its perks, and Young was used to success. He tapped the glass. Monsoon ignored him. He then slowly tapped the glass. He knew quite rightly that that would annoy him. Monsoon swiveled around and walked up to the glass, staring straight at Young. Are you working for Elijah? Is this some kind of retirement nest egg? I thought you were better than that. I thought you were one of the good guys. Good as we get, anyway. Detective Young smiled and raised his hand. On that command, gas filled the room. If Young had been expecting a fight or pleading, he was getting no such pleasure. Monsoon stoically stood his ground until he could stand no longer. He fell to the floor as everything faded to black. 
with my thanks. This episode was voiced by Adam Roach as the narrator and the voice of Monsoon Jackson, with Heather Dent Cowan as the voice of the adverts. With additional voices, Giles Paley Phillips as the record keeper, Cromty York as Carla, and Suze Kemner as Elijah. Written and edited by Andy Case for Lightmotif Productions Limited, copyright 2020.